Tom Brady couldn't stay away. The GOAT is back. What's next for Deshaun Watson? And the Browns land a top wide receiver before tampering period free agency opens today. All that and more on today's episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another episode of the Lockdown NFL Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, so you've got me, Bo Brock, daily host of Lockdown Cardinals Podcast. Cardinals made a move yesterday, an extension with one of Kyler Murray's top weapons. I'm joined by local experts on the biggest stories around the NFL. On today's episode, David Harrison from Locked On Bucks talking Brady. You've got John Hickman talking to Sean Watson and Jeff Lloyd talking about the Browns landing a top wide receiver. Thanks for making the Lockdown NFL podcast your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're talking about the biggest story again, but of course, any moment on Monday, tampering period is open. NFL teams can begin negotiating contracts with free agents. You're going to want to follow the Locked On Network at Locked On Network on Twitter for the latest breaking news around the NFL. It's going to be a crazy one. We thought that the fireworks were going to go off later today as the tampering period begins, but it started way before that. I mean, back on franchise deadline day, we had a couple mm-hmm. of big moves regarding a couple of the key quarterbacks this offseason. We thought we were done as far as the GOAT's concerned, but Tom Brady is back. Yeah. He's back. Two months. That's all it took for him to leave the game of, of football, and he's returned to talk about it from Locked On Bucks. our guy David Harrison. David, why is yeah. Tom Brady already coming back to the game that he played at such a high level for 20-plus years? Because he realized that there's more to life than sitting around. And, you know, and and I think the important thing to remember, you know, you go back to the interview he did, uh, who, who, who was it was Fred Couples, right? He said, you know, I've had some weeks to kind of spend time with the family. And everybody kind of took that as like, oh, you know, he's kind of bored of sitting at home. That's not a slight towards his family. That's just that's that's people. You know what I mean? Especially when you're someone who has literally had to grind for every piece of professional respect uh, and all the accolades that he's he's been able to earn. This is this is a man who has been working. I mean, every single day, day in, day out, whether it's football or it's his brand or it's his social presence, whatever it is, this is a man that's accustomed to working. And, and I think what he found out uh, fairly quickly is that he's not ready to stop working. And there are things you can do to take care of your family. And of course, you know, his family is, is going to be on board. No family is going to try to get in the way uh, of, of somebody in their own family living this type of a dream and being able to do the things that Tom Brady can do. So, I again, uh, we've kind of been saying it almost tongue in cheek, Bo, on the Locked On Bucks podcast all offseason for the last two months. Tom Brady never said retire. He never right. wrote retire in, in any of his social media posts. The, the R word never came out of the Brady camp. Uh, and there's a reason. I don't even call him unretired because he never retired. <laughs> 
he never went anywhere. I mean, he made uh, a social post here and there, and, and it yeah. seemed like he was going away, but he's back. 13-4 and four last year as the starter of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Over 5,000 yards, 5,300 yards passing, 43 touchdowns, 12 picks. Only yeah. finished uh, behind Aaron Rodgers as far as the MVP go- voting goes. So he continues to play at a high level. Right. What did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need to do starting today yeah. With the tampering period beginning to start surround this guy with enough talent because last year was like let's just run it back and I don't think I've ever seen a team run it back the style that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did last offseason. Right. What's this offseason look like? Yeah, you're not going to be able to bring everybody back. I, I think that's that's kind of number one. So you've got to prioritize things. And I think when you're talking about bringing back the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest quarterback in your franchise's history, even though he's only played for two years in, in the franchise, so many franchise records set by this. Uh, I'm going to call him young man, even though he's not young. Um, Ryan Jensen. Ryan Jensen has to be the priority. You can't imagine Brady wants to come in and break in a whole new center. He wants his Pro Bowl center, his Super Bowl champion center back in with the Buccaneers. And honestly, I can't imagine that Ryan Jensen's not going to want to come back. So they're, they're, both sides are going to be amicable. Both sides are going to want to get a deal done. I imagine this, this brings back Ryan Jensen. And then you have Rob Gronkowski, uh, his best friend, his good buddy. The writing was on the wall that Gronk was going to Buffalo, homecoming, play for the hometown Bills, maybe bring a Super Bowl championship there and then retire on his own. But this is Tom Brady. This is that their relationship goes back. Very, very, very far. Not as far as hometown, you know, Rob Gronkowski goes back, but you have to imagine this is going to mean a whole lot to Gronk. It might motivate him to also come back for the Buccaneers. And a lot of people are going to say Chris Godwin right off the bat has to be the priority. But remember, uh, I know you know this, but any listeners, they've got till July to really put together a long-term deal for Chris Godwin, and they don't have to be under the cap before then. So they have time to work with Chris Godwin and get the money right to where they need it. But those two players, Rob Gronkowski and Ryan Jensen, I think Jensen's number one. Gronk has to be one alpha after that is getting as much of the defense back as you can. And best news ever, Bo, all the draft capital is still in place. Now you can make the moves you need to to refill as you need to. We're not trading three firsts. We're not trading three seconds. We're not trading Devin White for anything because Tom Brady's back. Does Ali Marpet get back into play? Uh, his offensive lineman you know, that retired shortly after uh, yeah. Tom Brady looked like he was. <laughs> I I have to wonder that, and I have yeah. wondered that personally. No, no, I don't know that there's a sign that that would happen. I feel like if mm-hmm. Ali was reading the tea leaves the way that everybody else was, maybe he kind of you know again. There's there's no reason for him to have retired when he did, unless he kind of had uh, that feeling. And then of course uh, on social media, he took a, a snap of him writing out on a blank sheet of paper. Uh, dear Roger Goodell, I am planning to retire Ali Marpet because the NFL needed it in writing. So, I mean, uh, mm. he's actually said the word retire. He's actually taken uh, some steps. But, I mean, look, just like Tom said, right, never say never. Now that right. Brady's coming back, maybe Ali uh, has a change of heart. Maybe he decides, you know what, let's do one more year uh, as well. And he comes back. I mean, that would just... That would be the cherry on top for Buccaneers fans to tell you what. Sure, and it doesn't have to be now. I mean, it could be during the regular season. He could Absolutely just get could that be. phone call from Tom Brady and say, hey, we need you. Yeah. And how do you say no to, to Tom Brady, the <laughs> GOAT? You know, uh, as far as the, how business works in Tampa, uh, yeah. you know, there was the the weird reports about how there was some sort of a rift between him and Bruce Arians. Does anything change as far as how things operate in Tampa Bay as they run it back for a third time now? No, I mean, this is the third year. They they know each other. They kind of know what the score is. They know who needs to have what type of influence and role. They've been working together uh, long enough. And again, Bruce Arians has said, we're going to leave the light on, leave the door open, all the analogies uh, you can come up with. Byron Leftwich is coming back. They're all, you know, again, you don't have to be best friends to work together. And I'm not saying that they're all best friends inside that room, but that's not necessary. What needs to happen is you have some sort of professional respect for each other. 
Uh, there was talks that maybe, you know, Tom wasn't happy the, with the way the things went down with Antonio Brown. And I'm sure he's not 100%. And, and with every situation, you usually have, you know, side A, side B, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Both sides probably have things they could have done better. Uh, but, you know, I think Tom also knows that Antonio Brown has just as much to do with his downfall as maybe, you know, the Buccaneers or head coach decision uh, here or there. So I think professionally speaking, we can move past all of that because, and again, before any talks of him being traded to the 49ers come up, his social media post was him in a Buccaneers uniform at the line with his Bucs teammates and his family all donned in Bucs gear. This guy's not going anywhere. He's coming back to Tampa. Uh, they're going to run it back. And that's, that's just, that's what their goal is going to be. Anybody checked in on Julian Edelman lately? Is that hey, a possibility? Hey, <laughs> hey. Be nice playing the slot for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah, they could oh, use man. it. <laughs> Just firing it up as far as the NFL offseason goes. It's going to be important to be locked in the lockdown Bucks all offseason long because things just got a lot more interesting. Look, a yes, quarterback sir. battle between Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert potentially is fascinating, but it doesn't even touch the GOAT being yeah. back, David. Yeah, absolutely, Bo. If there's anybody that has to take issue with Tom Brady coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's this guy. Just hours before Brady announced on social media that he was returning to the gridiron after just two months, uh, one person bought at an auction the final touchdown pass from Brady as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for $518,000, according to an auction site, Leland's. The TD came with 320 left in the fourth quarter of the NFC Divisional Playoff game against the LA Rams. The 55-yard touchdown pass to Mike Evans. Some poor sap thought it was going to be the final TD pass of the GOAT's career. It was looking good after Tom Brady gave his heartfelt goodbye two months ago. And now, I don't even want to know what that ball's worth. It'll probably make you sick to your stomach. The news came out on Friday. Deshaun Watson won't face any criminal charges. What's next for the quarterback? Will he make his way out of Houston? So the GOAT returning to the gridiron. The GOAT protein bar never left. Yeah, Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It never left, never went anywhere. It's still there and available to you. Have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. The puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow my god incredible what they're doing with science these days they're fluffy they're marshmallowy and they're just a protein bar they're a treat they're covered in 100 percent real chocolate the puffs are a favorite with some incredible flavors coconut marshmallow banana cream pie churro are you kidding me and all bar built bars are covered in 100 percent real chocolate yes puffs included 100 percent real chocolate low calorie High protein, replace your candy bars with these. They're better. Typical candy bar, anywhere from two to 300 calories, and it doesn't have the nutritional benefits that you get with Built Bar. We're talking in like 17 grams of muscle-packing protein. And right now, you can save yourself some cash. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock. Thanks for checking out the Locked On NFL Podcast on YouTube. Of course, you're going to want to subscribe for great daily content, especially on days like today. The NFL free agency, it's about to go off, tampering. It's going to be legal for the next couple <laughs> days, and we're going to see some familiar faces, find some new places to play in 2022. One of those could be 
Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans. Joining me now on the podcast, John Hickman from Locked On Texans. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And uh, on Friday, it went down. Grand jury declined to indict Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson following the police investigation. The lawsuits filed by 22 women have been who accused him of sexual uh, harassment and sexual assault. It's uh, Deshaun Watson's first step, next step to getting himself back on the playing field. John, what's the next and what's the latest uh, we know about Deshaun Watson and where he'll play football next? The next is getting whatever you can back for him. And the Houston Texans, they're still looking for a big haul back for Watson. 26-year-old, you know, generational S type of quarterback. The last time we saw him uh, be a 4-12 and season, led the league in passing yards and uh, had a phenomenal year. And so, and this was after they, you know, signed the extension, extended the extension over for him. So now they are looking back a big haul for him. And I think right now what's going on, the Texans have granted Deshaun Watson, uh, well, the team's permission to speak with Deshaun Watson that he has on his list, the teams that he will waive his no trade clause for. And I think that with the excitement some people may have, of understanding that the future is now the present of him being moved on, moving on from the Houston Texans. There's still a no trade clause in his contract. So he has to agree to whichever franchise that he will uh, be wanting to move on forward with and the Houston can start their process of maybe creating bidding wars, right? That's a mm-hmm. room that's going on with the NFC South. We've got the, the Panthers, the Saints, and, um, uh, who else is in that uh, division as well? That may be throwing their hat. The Bucks, yeah. The Bucks are also mm-hmm. a team that has came up for the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. So they're just yeah, trying to figure that out and allow him to speak to teams at university. You think it'd be more appealing to send them to the the other conference, get them out of the AFC, just for if if they're going to expedite this rebuild? You know, they don't want to have to face Deshaun Watson down the line and and them kind of run into each other as they're trying to get to the next step. As far as that goes, let me ask you this. As far as the Texans, when you look at the Russell Wilson return, is that going to be enough where it was, you know, five picks and three players? I think so. I think the picks itself is more important for Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, source close to the situation I spoke to said that the Carolina Panthers are basically whatever Nick Casario wants the first round picks and the cornerstone players that the Panthers are willing and ready to give back. And so when we look at what Russell Wilson was able to, uh, what the Seattle Seahawks was able to get for Russell Wilson mm-hmm. back from Denver, and they got some good picks back, a couple of good players, and Noah Fan, who I think is an outstanding tight end, young tight end. The Houston Texans are still looking for more than what the Seattle Seahawks got back in return. And I think they will receive it. I think that when you look at uh, who Deshaun will possibly waive that no trade clause for, it's either we're going to get the amount of picks that we want back in return, or you're going to give us some significant players back for who a lot of people still consider on the field one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. Is there any any um, hesitation you think from Deshaun Watson to go to Carolina because they probably could create them and it sounds like they're they're motivated to make the most appealing package. Obviously, was it sixth overall in in the draft? So you would have two top ten picks, just like the Jets and the Giants. Uh, is there anything that you could envision that would you know stop Deshaun Watson from wanting to waive his no trade clause to go play in Charlotte? 
Absolutely not. And I think that Charlotte, the Carolinas itself is a place where he'd be going to that's not far from Clemson. Mm -hmm. And the Carolinas are not far from Georgia. So if you think about Deshaun Watson's most successful part of his career, high school and college, it's right there in that little, you know, sort of that Bible belt uh, towards the East Coast. And so I think that, at least in my own perception, that would be the best team for him to go to. Uh, he'll go back to a place where he was the king looking down on, 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 from the mountaintops, and Houston would get the picks in return that they won back. And it sounds like the Carolina Panthers are willing to give them the picks and those players. But from Deshaun Watson's standpoint, I don't think that's a place where he'll look at it and be hesitant. I think mm-hmm. that is one of the teams that, uh, if we look at a top two hypothetical list, I think Carolina yeah. is top two on that list right now, maybe number one. We look at the, the Texans with the potential of having a, a couple big picks to make, in, including their own third overall. Uh, the face of the franchise. I mean, it, it seems like every year you've got that caliber of player exiting Houston, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, and it seems like it's inevitable that Deshaun Watson's playing elsewhere uh, whenever he gets back on the field. Uh, do, do you feel like the face of the franchise is in the building or, or could be selected in this spring's draft? That's a good question, Bo. Um Currently in the building, I wouldn't be sold on any player as of right now. I think Houston has some very good players. Uh, I'm a fan of Davis Mills. I think that he's shown a lot through the last four to five games that he played to at least warn him another year that Houston should invest in him, right? And we look mm-hmm. across the league. We've had this conversation with a lot of our colleagues over at the Locked On Podcast Network where the questions around – uh, Trey Lance, uh, Justin Fields, mainly Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence was, and Zach Wilson, well, look mm-hmm. what they had to work with. They need more time. And I would argue the same for Davis Mills, and I think that's a valid argument. The Houston Texans had one of the worst offensive rosters, the worst, if not number 32nd, 31st running games in the league. A lot of offenses, you're not going to get a potent offense if you can't run that ball. That was a struggle for Houston. So I think mm-hmm. that the Houston Texans should – do right by their second-year quarterback, uh, was a rookie last year, invest mm-hmm. around him, help him expand on his strengths, and get better as a team. Then you'll be able to really evaluate uh, who you want uh, at quarterback moving forward. But I do think there's a possibility that the Houston Texans can draft their cornerstone franchise player in this year's draft. And I'm, I'm all big on uh, Thibodeau coming out of Oregon. Mm-hmm. I think his potential – is super high. His ceiling is high. I think he can do multiple uh, things on the football field that can help out the Houston Texans. Yeah, absolutely. Very talented draft. Uh, you know, in the quarterback class is is uh, is not exactly getting as much run as, as you'd like to see, especially with a, a team that might be looking at a long term solution there. Um, and look, I guess final question here. You talk about surrounding Davis Mills, but then I'm going to ask this, and we've seen this. There was the report, I think, from Lance Erline there in Houston that uh, Laramie Tunsil and, and Brandon Cooks, that it'd be in- inevitable that those offensive players uh, are, are going to be moved as well. Are, you get that sense as well? I think for Laramie Tunsil, yes. I think Brandon Cooks, who is, you know, by the way, because they restructured his contract last season, I just had an opportunity to look it up while I was on the phone. I think he'll be making somewhere around uh, north of $16 million mm. this year for the Houston Texans, which is a lot of money for a team that isn't in a Super Bowl contending uh, situation. Also, with Larry Tunsil, he's making over $20 million this year as well. So uh, I think that 
For Laramie, eventually we can see a trade, and I would hope that this trade goes down before this year's draft. You know, mm-hmm. I think that he's the type of player. You can get a, a high second-round pick. Maybe there's a team like the Cincinnati Bengals that may mm-hmm. overreach because they know they need that protection for their young quarterback who's also on a rookie deal still to bring in some protection. They just made the Super Bowl. Why not swing for the fences and have an opportunity to go again? For Brandon Cooks, however, I would personally keep him. Mm-hmm. I, I like Brandon Cooks because he brings that veteran leadership and the production is still on the field. Sure. I keep him around, but I think Larry Thompson in the relationship with the Houston Texans has kind of been severed, and I do expect for them to move on from Larry at some point. Yeah, back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving uh, seasons for a guy like Brandon Cooks, valuable for a young quarterback. The Houston Texans are a very interesting team that you need to listen to locked-on Texans on a daily basis, especially this offseason. As things really get wild today, follow the Deshaun Watson saga, Laramie Tunsil, and Brandon Cooks. Just to name a few. Plus, oh yeah, they've got the third overall pick in the NFL draft. John Hickman bringing that to you at John underscore Hickman 12. Thanks, John. Thanks, Bo. You guys have a good one. The Cleveland Browns are acquiring a number one wide receiver from the Dallas Cowboys. Meanwhile, Dallas is locking up one of their key wideouts before he hits free agency. More quarterback news that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season and offseason. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's Bob Brock hanging out with you on a Monday edition of Locked On NFL Podcast. We're going to be your number one source for NFL free agency as the madness really begins today, it kicks off. As tampering period begins. Free agents and teams can start to negotiate contracts. Just as essential as following Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport on Twitter, listening to the Lockdown NFL podcast and our local team podcast is going to keep you is up to date on NFL free agency and all the NFL offseason. We already had some craziness last week and this weekend. It was the Cleveland Browns making the big move. They agreed with the Dallas Cowboys to acquire Amari Cooper's six-round pick for a 2022 fifth-round pick and sixth-round pick. To talk about it from Lockdown Browns, our guy Jeff Lloyd. Jeff, well, a lot of people praising Cleveland for this deal. Why was it such a big win for the Browns? Well, before we you know get into free agents, before we get to the draft, the Browns have some major holes. Obviously, everybody knows about their wide receiver issues. You know, having moved on from Odell Beckham Jr. during the regular season last year, um, looking more and more like Jarvis Landry will be moving on. You leave a third-year guy in Donovan Peoples-Jones, a second-year guy in Anthony Schwartz. Certainly, both of these guys are not ready to you know become a number one and number two wide receiver. Who knows if they ever will? I mean, there's certainly solid rotational pieces to this point, that, but that's all that they can be counted upon. You look at the situation here, Amari Cooper being available the Browns this and I, I had put out a tweet Friday night and this is at the time where the talk was maybe of compensation of a third round pick or even a fourth round pick uh you get into this situation now it, obviously it looks like Dallas had nobody nowhere else they were going to be able to trade him um 
you know, when you're going to take back pick 155, the sixth round, that's a swap of six round picks that kind of cancel each other out at that point. Uh, the Browns were fine with the talent. They were fine with the fine with the player. Obviously, they'd like to rework Amari Cooper's contract to create some, uh, you know, cap flexibility. But I think the Browns feel they had to make this move because if Amari Cooper went back on on the open market, it's not the most pretty position for a free agent wide receiver. It's just not in Cleveland right now. You have a quarterback right now who's on the fifth year of his deal. There's no future there. You don't know if he's going to be there this year right now, maybe. You don't know if he's going to be there next year. So free agent-wise, it was going to be a lure. They got a player they needed. Right now, they have a number one wide receiver. They have somebody they can pencil in for 80 receptions, 1,000 yards, six to eight touchdowns, something they drastically needed. This gives them a lot of flexibility, a lot of breathing room here. They maybe have three defensive linemen who are locks to be on the opening you know, week 53. So they got a lot of work to do there. So to be able to get this one put to bed early with a player with, you know, Cooper's route running ability, I think the Browns love the fact that he just goes about his business. We're talking about a guy who hasn't had a social media post in over six years. I think that's mm -hmm. something that was really, really appealing to the Browns, <laughs> bringing in and a ton, you know, a really, really talented player and a great route runner, something that Browns obviously certainly need. Um, Amari's off social media or his parents off social media. That's the important thing as far as Cleveland. I mean, with their history. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I mean, you did mention Jarvis Landry. He's uh, he's been he's seeking a trade, right? Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones and Anthony Schwartz kind of outside guys. Who would they maybe look to target to maybe be in the middle of the field for this for this offense? Are they going to look to those two tight ends that they're paying a, a big chunk of change to? Well, I certainly think David Njoku is a large part of that. And I hope with the understanding that they have put the franchise tag on David Njoku and everything appears that they're going to get him signed long term. I think they need to establish that the pecking order has been changed. Whether or not Austin Hooper stays, I understand and I kind of believe the Browns who are doing the correct lip service right now. I, I don't know where it how it actually works because, hey, you're here on the same money. We're going to pay him more. You're now second string. Oh, by the way, we have a third string tight end, Harrison Bryan, going into his third year who's done some really nice things. It kind of muddies the waters there a little bit, but certainly getting involved, Harrison Bryant more, certainly getting David Njoku involved more. Uh, they have Demetric Felton out of UCLA who played sparingly as a rookie last year, um, did show some glimpses of what he can do in his role ultimately would kind of maybe be the things that Jarvis Landry was doing. Um, but you're going to look to maybe start using these tight ends a little bit more vertically. You can line up David Njoku Joku outside. He can do the same with Harrison Bryant. He was a former uh, you know, former wide receiver back in the day as well. The Browns are having options here. I, you know, obviously there's going to be more done in that wide receiver room. I wouldn't be stunned if they still draft two more rookies. Uh, they just have to find a way to get this game more vertical. They love all of these play actions. You know, the soft throws underneath the tight ends, and that's great. But if you don't have anybody that's challenging vertically. Nobody's respecting him. And you saw teams do that last year at times where, you know, I don't know what, we know you're not going to throw it deep because you just don't have the player and the personnel to do that. Um, Amari Cooper certainly changes that. Players like Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, David Njoku, these guys can get vertical. At least it's going to give that threat where teams are going to have to respect it. And it's going to create for these, you know, easy dumps to running back, these easy tight end screens, these either easy tight end rollouts that they, you know, love to do. This team really, really needed to get athletic you know, more in the skill position so they could, you know, at least challenge vertically. Yes. Yeah. Make sure you're following on Twitter at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd for great Browns insight. And uh, with the Amari Cooper deal, uh, as we record this interview, Browns three million over the, the salary cap. How do you envision them maybe getting under the cap uh, before the free agency really gets crazy? Well, Jarvis Landry right away. That, that's your mm -hmm. guy. Boom. Puts you right under the cap right away. Jarvis Landry does. Um, there's players that can be reworked. We know how this you know does. Oh, 18 million. Oh, well, here's 12 and a half in a signing bonus. Boom. There's 12 and a half. Amari Cooper's one of those guys that they can create 12 and a half million dollars of cap space with 
right off the bat. Mm. They don't even have to go to them to do it. It's basically the way the contract is structured. Um, so there's certainly flexibility. There's room. There's you know a lot of talk about J.C. Treader, whether or not he's going to remain with the Browns this year. The Browns have third-year center Evan Harris, who's kind of been idly biding his time. And it's weird because Evan Harris has basically taken every practice rep as the first-team <laughs> center since he's been here because J.C. Treader doesn't really practice much. So it's kind of a position, are we going to pay this guy $7 million, even though the young guy is, you know, doing everything but playing in the games? Uh, the Browns can obviously create some, you know, cap space pretty quickly if they, you know, when they need to. And they're certainly going to need to because, you know, they're not done yet. And I mean, when you're talking about a defensive line where you have one starter as of right now, um, you certainly got a lot of work to do. Deshaun Watson took a step forward towards getting back on the playing field. The reports are he's going to meet with potential suitors Cleveland Browns going to be somebody getting a seat at that table? The Browns, I mean, look, you can't deny the fact. Obviously, the Browns have some interest here. There's two ways to look at this, though. You know, are the Browns interested in the fact that, hey, here's maybe a flawed player that can maybe be stolen? Um, Houston obviously is, you know, in a tough spot here um, because I think a lot of teams are saying, well, oh, if if that's the full asking price for Deshaun Watson, well, what's the asking price for a Deshaun Watson who obviously has some issues, who may be suspended for the first six games of the season. I think that's where some teams do have some interest. Of course, Watson holds all the cards here. Um, It does seem kind of disingenuous the way this is working, that Deshaun Watson holds all the cards here as far as having a no-trade clause. Um, I'm not surprised the Browns have interest. I'm not uh, uh, surprised the Browns are poking around. Um, But I think when the rubber meets the road here, what are you going to do? You make this deal for Deshaun Watson – then you're basically looking at your roster and saying, well, this is what we got. Because, I mean, you're giving up all your premium draft picks. Um, Deshaun Watson comes in, you know, whatever cap space you can cre- create, it's gone. So, I mean, if, yeah, I mean, the thing would be is, you know, if we bring in Deshaun Watson, is it that much of a significant upgrade over Baker Mayfield in 2020? Obviously, 2021, there was a much different Baker Mayfield. And that's also keeping in mind that you're going to take a big hit on the defensive line, um, you know, and the players you're going to be drafting. You're talking, you know, drafting third, fourth round players that you would need to be able to contribute as first and second rounders. It usually doesn't work that way. Um, I think there's teams who have, you know, everything at stake to get Deshaun Watson. Yes, Matt Rule, we're talking to you. Um, there are teams that are, you know, that desperate for Deshaun Watson to come in and change, you know, change the face of their franchise. I don't think the Browns are at that point. I even though, look, hey, this may be 2022 with Baker Mayfield. He balls out, you know, maybe turns his nose to the Browns and says, Well, you didn't believe in me then. You know, I'll go somewhere else where somebody's ready to roll out the red carpet. It's certainly gonna be interesting the way it all plays out. But I just think at the end of the day, I think the Browns are in it. But I think there are teams that are ready to marry the idea of Deshaun Watson, where you know the Browns were, you know, slowly dating it, and it's just not going to get it done here. Somebody's going to pull that trigger. And oh man, it's uh, the the ice is getting pretty thin, just what the Browns <laughs> are walking on these days. But uh, also still exciting because there's a pretty solid roster in place, and they've got a big wide receiver one now in Amari Cooper, pending the physical, which should be completed later this week. For all the insight on the Browns offseason, make sure you're following Jeff on Twitter at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. And of course, listening to Locked on Browns on a daily basis. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Bo. Tom Brady wasn't the only quarterback making news on Sunday. The Minnesota Vikings are locking down their QB and bringing down their salary cap number. On Sunday, the team agreed the terms to a one-year extension with Kirk Cousins. That will keep him in Minnesota through the 2023 season. Cousins will make $40 million in 2022 and $30 million in 2023. All the money is fully guaranteed, and the contract adds two voidable years, which brings Cousins' cap number down by about $15 million this season. 
Cousins had a strong 2021 campaign, completing over 66% of his passes for over 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, and just seven interceptions. And the Arizona Cardinals are bringing back one of Kyler Murray's top playmakers. The Cards are re-signing tight end Zach Ertz to a three-year contract. The NFL Network reports that it will keep Ertz as a top 10 paid tight end. So you got to imagine it's over $10 million per after coming over from Philly for a fifth-round pick, Ertz was a second was second on the cards in receptions and receiving yards. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock, here on this Monday edition of Locked On NFL Podcast. It was supposed to be the calm before the storm, but it's been a wild offseason already. Tampering period begins. Your guys, Luke Braun, Ross Jackson, they're going to have a full recap of today's action. Thank you to David Harrison, John Hickman, and Jeff Lloyd for their insight on the deals that went down. Make sure you're subscribed to the Lockdown NFL podcast for breaking news videos and, of course, following along on Twitter at Lockdown Network. Have a great rest of your Monday. Have an incredible week. I'll talk to you next week right here on the Lockdown NFL podcast. Now make your second listen, Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker, bring the NFL Draft to life every day with their insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts.